Welcome to the Branding Blueprint Podcast, where we give you the tools you need to build an unforgettable brand and walk through the chaos of building a business in real time as it happens here at Craftsman Creative. Today, we'll be talking about how leadership can be kind of lonely. I know that there's a lot of leaders out there that are listening to this podcast and thinking to themselves, all these ideas sound really great and I'd love to implement them, but it can be kind of hard to be kind of that sole champion for things. Today, I'll be speaking with Charlie Irwin. I'm super excited to have him on and get ready for some kind of authentic conversation. Hey, everybody. It's Sean Sitters, CEO and founder of Craftsman. Again, here on the mic, my most uncomfortable place. I'm here with a I was going to say super close friend, and then I realized, wait a second, I just met him about two or three minutes ago for the first time, even though I've been aware of him and his skill set for quite a while. He also happens to be the husband of Anna, my regular co-host. Charlie, super happy to have you on. Hey, I'm happy to be here. Happy to step into Anna's uh, shoes. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see how good of a job you can do. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. No pressure. She's only like one of the best. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, Charlie, I could get, I could do your intro, but I feel like it might be helpful for you to kind of tell us a little bit about your story and tell us about, you know, what makes you qualified to talk about leadership? Sure, yeah. My career started as a middle school and high school teacher. I was a social studies and English teacher. I have and... immediate respect for you just based <laughs> off of that alone. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved that work. And it allowed me the opportunity to do a lot of leading at the campus level. And I moved into being a campus leader as an assistant principal and principal. I did that for seven years. And then most recently have transitioned to be an executive coach where I get the opportunity to work with principals, superintendents, district leaders kind of all over the nation and just helping them get better at things they want to get better at. That's awesome. Maybe we could use today as a pro bono executive coaching session. Happy to happy to do it. <laughs> awesome. And also, like, I can't even imagine being, you said you were a middle school principal. I was, yeah. That seems like probably one of the hardest jobs in the entire world. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. The middle schoolers, they change more during those three years that we have them than any other time in their life other than when they're zero to two years old. And so we get to take them from little babies to make them maladjusted adults. And then they eventually become adjusted in high school. That sounds a lot like entrepreneurship, to be honest. To <laughs> Absolutely. That's awesome. You now find yourself in kind of that executive coaching and consulting world. Talk to me a little bit about what does your day-to-day -day look like and why is that particularly a passion point for you? Yeah. What we do is, or what I do is really think about talent development. And so I work with school districts and, and really organizations all over, supporting them in developing their talent and making sure that they are getting the most out of that talent. And so we set goals, we work on those goals, we think about you know our purpose and think about the, the why behind our work and connect that work. And then I also help with strategic design. So I help think about overall visions for organizations and helping make three to five year plans, that sort of thing as well. That's awesome. I'm kind of jealous. Maybe I'll switch careers after this conversation. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, it's it's really exciting to get to see work in so many different contexts and be able to see the passion that goes behind and supports really doing hard things. You know, a lot of the time in school districts all over the nation, they're all facing a lot of challenges right now. And it, it, it really fills me with a lot of joy to be able to go in and help support them in that work as they do the hard thing. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of doing the hard thing, I know that today we were kind of thinking of different topics that might make sense for you and I to talk about now that we're best friends after five minutes here. <laughs> and I know that the the topic that really kind of laddered to the top after some brainstorming was 
the this idea of leadership being lonely, yeah. which I know you and I can both really resonate with. And as much as I would love for this to just be a therapy session, <laughs> I also think that there's a lot of insights that you've been able to gather that I've gathered in my short time of starting this business and also just in leadership roles in other places. There are some things that you have really noticed just in your current role, previous roles, your personal life, yeah. <laughs> all of these different things. Why do you think that that statement, leadership is lonely, really lands for leaders? Yeah, well, I, I can speak from an I statement for this. If we're in therapy, I'll yeah. use I statements. <laughs> no, I think that the the challenge of being a leader and being one that is a titled leader, I think that, you know, we hope that there are going to be leaders at every level of the organization at all times. But I think when you are the one who is making the ultimate decision on things, that decision typically is not going to make everyone happy. And so you're balancing that with also this wanting to make everyone happy. And so you have this conflict kind of all the time. I also think that, you know, when you are that titled leader and you are the principal leader of an organization, then you are really the buck stops with you. And and so any hard decision comes to you. And so I think that makes it even more difficult to to make those hard decisions sometimes. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. One of the things that I've had to learn as we've been navigating craftsmen or if I've ever been in a position of leadership outside of this context, it's that making that hard decision, a lot of times you can delay it. You can just, it, it just lingers for mm -hmm. kind of a a long time and it can really kind of almost like eat away at your soul mm -hmm. <laughs> in a sense where it's kind of like you know you go home and you're thinking about it and you come to work and you're thinking about it and you go to lunch and you're thinking about it and making those hard decisions it's one thing for us to sit here and be like you know it's hard and it's a totally another thing to kind of live it and feel it and i know that you resonate with that the same the same that i do you know what can you tell me about like a, a season where you really felt like you were challenged as a leader? You can avoid the specifics, yeah, no. of course, but and I'm happy to share as well. I'd love to just kind of hear why or how you've navigated it in the past outside of the consulting role and more so in terms of you yourself. Yeah, no, I can absolutely speak to that. So I was leading a middle school during the pandemic. So during the COVID-19 pandemic, that was the hardest challenge of my career. And, and part of it was that, like I said before, like there was no decision that was going to make everyone happy. And we were working in such a unknown area with, with no guide for what to do. And so Making decisions there, you you knew you were trying something new. You were trying to 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 be really flexible and and efficient at the same time at, at trying to help schools. So, for instance, for me, you know, it came down to we're starting school. We have a new remote school we're starting. We have our regular school we're we're doing at the same time. We are changing people's schedules on the daily. We are we are having to be extremely flexible, and we are having to have ask our staff to be really flexible. And and that was really, really difficult. That was very much the hardest part of my career as as a principal. And and I think there, you know, when you think about loneliness, it's when those decisions, you know, those decisions you're making are going to be really challenging for your staff. And yet you still have to do them. You still have to make these hard choices. Um, and when you especially want your staff to be happy, you want mm -hmm. them to feel safe and comfortable at work. But you also have to do a job. And so balancing all of those things was was definitely really hard for me. And I, I don't know if I if I was successful in that in that endeavor or not, but we we survived it. And uh, yeah, I think that that I learned a lot through that process about myself and about what I needed because there wasn't anyone else doing that exact same job at that at, at my specific location. We were all sort of doing it in our own way and every principal was trying to figure it out on their own and and I think that loneliness really really stood out at that time. Yeah, I 
I can't even imagine. I, I, I maybe even haven't even thought about how much that would impact somebody who was in a position like you were in in that particular time. It was just, mm-hmm. it was such a moment of change for everyone, but specifically as it relates to not not just students, but middle school students. Mm-hmm. I mean, at such a pivotal moment of change to have another layer kind of mm-hmm. thrust into the situation and then to be the one responsible for having to manage not only, you know, the well-being of those students, but also the staff that you had to delegate to and really yeah. trust through through that. That must have been really just super difficult. I've, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, and, and, and I think, you know, when I think about that from a larger just leadership perspective, it's sometimes things are going to be forced upon you, right? Yeah. You are, you're not going to have control over every situation. And as, as a leader and as someone who typically has a lot of control, when those situations happen where, oh, I have to respond in a particular way, I have to respond to this pandemic, I have to respond to, you know, budget cuts, I have to respond to these things, and I don't have any control on this, it makes it feel even more lonely from that standpoint. And so because you, you typically are going to have a lot more say on, on your day to day. Yeah, for sure. And I know that we before this kind of had identified three main points that we wanted to kind of leave as a takeaway for today. And I guess we might as well scatter them throughout the episode. The first one, I think that speaks to what you're talking about right now is this idea of giving yourself some grace, Mm. right? Mm. It's something that I've, I guess I've, I've heard the word grace a lot just based off of my individual context. And whenever I was starting Craftsman, I really thought about what were the values that I wanted to define this place and I, I I remember it distinctly. We were in like a, a co-working space and <laughs> just faking it till we made it kind Same. of a thing. And I was just writing some things down on a whiteboard and trying to figure out like what does core values even mean? And I think just like naturally the term give grace kind of just, just laddered to the top for me mm-hmm. as one thing that I really wanted to define the culture of craftsmen. And I think it speaks specifically to this conversation of, of leadership being lonely as you navigate that loneliness, which can just weigh so, so heavily, I just, I can't express enough how freeing the uh, concept of giving myself grace and asking for grace and kind of almost like pursuing grace in Mm -hmm. a sense, kind of more holistically where you're asking for it, giving it to yourself, you know, seeing things at at a little bit of like a a higher level, a broader picture, if you will, and saying like in the overall scheme of things, like, I'm doing my best, mm. right? And as a leader, my job is to make the most educated decisions that's in the best interest of the most amount of people. But mm. honestly, sometimes you can't make a decision that's perceived as the greatest or the best for everyone. Mm-hmm. And that that concept of grace, I think, is really freeing. Yeah, we didn't get the opportunity to talk about your moment of difficulty, and I'm sure it connects with this idea of giving grace as well. Yeah, I think really it's just so many... So many different stories come to mind for me. I think it's kind of like to summarize it, right? Because entrepreneurship and and leadership within an entrepreneurial context, it's almost like every day has these challenges that lead to this feeling of loneliness. And it's almost like, like this overarching cloud of loneliness related to a lot of individual decisions. And so for me, as we've started our business, it's been seasonal moments of hardship and seasonal moments of that weight where I'm somebody who really cares about people. And I've built my business in a way that honestly, almost to a fault at some moments, I really just am really focused on the individuals that make up craftsmen. And I take it really, honestly, personally, whenever, and I shouldn't, but I do (laughs) take it personally, whenever, you know, team members either decide to leave or 
need to leave for one reason or another. And it's really, you know, I don't take it personally to the point to where it's like, I'm angry at them. It's mm. more of like, what did I do? Sure. And I, I really carry that with me probably longer than I should. I was but, but to speak towards the progression towards the growth in that area, that giving of grace that we were talking about, um, I just recently went to a conference and I was with a number of leaders and we had a, a round table. And the only question that was posed for this group of, I think it was maybe 40 of us sitting in a circle in just a random conference room. And they just posed the question, what are some issues that you're facing? And the topics, I'll leave the specifics out, but the topics that came up over and over again, 90% of what people brought up in that two hours was all related to people mm -hmm. and the weight that that carries for them. And I feel that so palpably, you know, mm -hmm. it's just, I feel so responsible. I feel so, I feel so indebted to people who have decided to make craftsmen their, you know, place where they spend 40 hours a week. Yeah. And, and what I realized in, in speaking with all these different leaders is somebody I think chimed in and said, people leave and that's okay. And I, it was really comforting to me because, you know, I realized in that moment, and I think it's been a kind of an ongoing realization that that's not my burden to carry necessarily. Yeah. I need to be diligent about trying to keep people fulfilled and really, you know, learn from my mistakes and be willing to admit failure and be willing to be vulnerable with the loneliness that I feel. But also at the end of the day, I can only try so hard. And so anyways, I think that that giving of grace is what really saves me there. Yeah. Well, and I think that speaks to also to this idea of, of purpose and the importance of having a really clear purpose for leaders. I think that, you know, when I have felt the most challenge as a leader, it's been when I'm, I'm like a duck where like I look really smooth on top, but I am just like <laughs> swimming like crazy, paddling like crazy underneath. And, and I'll be doing that, but I'll be going against maybe my own purpose, or I haven't really clearly defined why I'm doing the work that I'm doing. And, you know, when I'm struggling with maybe making a hiring decision, it really sometimes comes down to me forgetting my purpose or forgetting why I'm doing the work I'm doing. And, you know, when I was a, a campus principal, I would have that same challenge of like, man, I really bummed that this person is leaving, or I'm really concerned that this person is leaving because of me or because of something I've done, or I'm not good enough. And when I'm feeling that, I have to remember, well, my purpose here isn't to make everyone happy. It's not just the 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 teachers that I'm working with or the the people that are working for me. It's that I have this greater purpose of of supporting the needs of kids, or I have this greater purpose of creating an organization that is going to change the game in some capacity. Like that is why I'm here. And if I've clearly defined that and someone wants to leave, then that's fine because that just means that their purpose is something else. And I think that that's okay. But it, it comes down to, am I remembering my purpose? Am I remembering my why? And then making sure that I am anchoring on that and not anchoring on other people's feelings. Because if I try to anchor on other people's feelings, that that's going to be really, it's a, it's a, that's some shaky ground to absolutely, stand on. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And so, you know, that's something that I encourage leaders to do, particularly to, during hard seasons, because we all have these hard seasons of the year in schools. It's October, it's February. It's those are the year, the, the times of the year where kids are hardest, mm -hmm. teachers are having a hard time, principals are trying. The pressure is, is really high at those times. And so it's really remembering, why are we doing this? Why are you here? And if, and if you can't define that, then it's thinking about, is this the right, is this the right place for me? And mm -hmm. is this the right career for me at that mm -hmm. point? But Typically, what I find is that that by anchoring on that, it can it can get you through those hardest times. Yeah, that is 
such a great reminder. Purpose, I think, is something that I guess all of us probably think that we're living towards it, but probably few of us are, mm-hmm. honestly. I, I've been thinking a lot. The word purpose keeps on coming up for me in my in the last two months for some reason. So here it is again. And I found myself really not only challenging myself in my business, but also challenging our clients. I mean, we, we function in a marketing capacity a lot of times, but a lot of times that yields discussions around more important truths. And yeah. honestly, that's one of the re- that's one of the ways I know that we're living into our purpose is whenever we're speaking to a client and they're opening up about maybe their lack of clarity about what their purpose is, or maybe some struggles that they're like, I don't know how to grow my business and growing my business is the thing that is going to allow for me to be able to actually live into the purpose that I'm trying to to form. So what a great point on the importance of identifying and then pursuing. And then actually one word that came to mind from that same conference that I went just went to is guarding your purpose. Mm-hmm. Not just identifying it, not just pursuing it, but guarding it once you have done those things to make sure that you're setting tangible and practical parameters in place, those reminders, if you will, to to really continue to pursue that purpose and to guard it over a long period of time so that you don't sacrifice it. Yeah. What are some things that you think about are, are ways to do that yeah. that you've seen? Yeah, absolutely. A couple of things. Number one is I really try to think about one or two ways to bring our purpose into the more granular aspects of our business. And that's just the context. Our business is the context that I live in every day. And so this is where I implement it. And so I think about our meetings. I think about our our office space. Mm-hmm. I think about my one-on-ones with my team. I think about essentially all the how we market ourselves. Mm-hmm. And and whenever you identify one or two ways that you can implement your purpose into each of those things, I think that it really goes a long way. For example, in our Monday morning team meetings that we have at 10 a.m. every Monday morning, I've started to implement a question. Can somebody tell me what our mission or purpose statement is? And challenging our team to memorize that. And the reason why is not because we're <laughs> trying to go back to, you know, eighth grade, no offense. <laughs> and, but also, but more so just to say like, hey, like it might seem rudimentary for us to have to memorize a sentence. And honestly, it's harder for adults than... <laughs> Than I'd like to admit, but the importance of being able to to memorize that in our Monday morning meeting context, actually, my hope is that our team actually lets that seep into what they do at 11 a.m. and yeah, 12 sure. p.m. and 1 p.m. that day and and beyond. And so, I think those those practical those practical ways of just kind of slotting it in um, is is probably one way I would recommend it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, and and really, you want. Everyone that works for an organization needs to understand how their purpose connects with the organization's purpose because all of our purposes aren't going to be exactly the same. But if we can make that connection to the larger vision and, you know, if, if I if I have this particular purpose, but I know how it connects with my with, with well, for instance, a district that I worked in, one of the their larger purpose statement was intentionally exceptional, right? That's what they wanted to be. And so for me as a, as a principal, it was really thinking about well, what does that mean to me and how do I connect with that? And so for me, it was thinking about, all right, well, if I want to be intentionally exceptional, then it means that I'm going to really focus on making sure that my campus vision is really aligned to this idea of this exceptional, this intentional intentionality. Mm. And so when I'm thinking about being intentional, I'm thinking about, okay, 
well, have I been really thoughtful of my meeting agendas? Have I been really thoughtful of the storytelling I am doing as the, the chief storyteller for my organization? And so making those direct connections to that larger vision and making sure and checking in pretty frequently on, am I doing that? When people think of that, of the organization and they see me, are they making that direct connection? Which I, I think though speaks to also one of the challenges of leadership and one of the things that, that can make it more difficult is that occasionally you'll lose your own sense of identity because you become your position. Oh my gosh, yes. We've talked about this for days. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, for me personally, I, I identified... 100% as a principal. And my, you know, on Twitter, you know how you would have your bio and you list all the things? Well, I was putting principal first mm -hmm. on, on that. Whether it was written or not, that's what I was doing. And that's who I was. And that meant, though, that when things were really hard for me as a principal, then I started to judge myself for that. And it became more and more difficult to, to be effective at that role because I was, I, I was on quicksand and just getting deeper and deeper. And so really making sure that we aren't making our job our identity. And if we are doing that, then really thinking about what are some ways I can clarify my identity? What are some ways I can step outside of this role that I've taken on and see myself as a real person beyond just work? That is something that I have thought about a lot. You know, I found and I actually had a really good friend bring this up to me. And they said, and I, I always value friendships where there's kind of the kind of challenging components to it. I probably value critical feedback a little too much, but <laughs> maybe not because it's been really helpful for me. And he said, it seems to me like your identity is found in craftsmen. And uh, I thought that that was so helpful because it gave me visibility into some like some sort of a blind spot. Mm -hmm. And it almost helped me realize why I was feeling the way that I was feeling. Because in because everything in, in business or in education or yeah. basically in almost all parts of life, there's just this kind of seasonality, these ebbs and flows of success and failure mm -hmm. or, you know, happiness and struggle. And what I found was that my view of myself was ebbing and flowing almost in lockstep with mm -hmm. where the business was at. Yeah. And it's so important to, and I think this speaks to the second point that we were going to talk about, which is to, I think I put pursue community. Mm -hmm. And with if you haven't identified those people that are surrounding you on a day-to-day -day basis that are looking at things a little bit removed from yeah. your day-to-day -day and able to kind of speak into things or support you or remind you to give yourself grace, et cetera, it's really hard to identify those moments where you're, you know, self-identifying or your identity is found in the business or your job or your position as a leader. I think that America as a whole is in this sort of loneliness epidemic. And we, you know, the, the amount of time we all spend with our friends is shrinking significantly. We're spending far much more, far too much time on our phones and, and sort of getting these cheap calories of social media when we need actually like good calories, which is just spending time with friends. And and I think that for leaders, that that is um, even more important that, that you have that time with people that are outside of the organization. But I'd also say that, you know, you need to find that that professional learning community. You need to find that PLC of, of people that are going through very similar things as you. So that way you can identify and commiserate with those people on some of those things. And so I encourage leaders to really make sure they find that networking group. They find that that professional learning community, Twitter or Instagram or, or, or social media in general is really good for that. There is opportunities there to build that, that network with people all around the country. Even if you're in a setting where you may be the only person doing your thing in that area, there will be others that you can connect with and, and work with. And I think that can be really helpful. But we also have to think about just in general, 
who, when are we spending, where are we spending our time? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I am a huge proponent of therapy and I go to therapy really consistently. And one of the things that he talks, that, that he, that my therapist reminded me of is that, you know, our social time, we really need to think of it as almost part of our job in that we need to plan it just like we would plan meetings for our job and really make sure that we are pouring into the social side of our lives just as much as we pour into the work side of our lives because that social fitness is really, really important to our overall health and our overall health will make us better better leaders in general. That's such a great point because whenever I was speaking with a, a friend recently, they challenged me with the question, would you say that you're as creative at home as you are in your job? And then he said, I would challenge you to go and ask your wife that question. And then I crawled under the table, and <laughs> but I actually did that. And I went back and I said, Kim, how would you rate me on a scale of one to 10 in terms of how creative I'm being here at home as compared to how creative you see me being at Craftsman? Mm. She's still thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. But it, it, it yielded a really important, almost like shift, a slight shift in perspective of, I think it's so easy for leaders, especially ones that just naturally would identify with their business and kind of what we just talked about, to find themselves in a situation to where their energy and their time act in unison to be almost like solely directed towards the business or their role or their position of leadership. Mm -hmm. And you almost can get really, you can get really stuck in that really mm -hmm. fast. And without that community encouraging you towards a different direction, one where your priorities are proper, mm -hmm. it, it can be really, really difficult without that community to, to find that balance and have your priorities, you know, fall in order. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know, the the last thing I think about when I, I think about addressing loneliness in leadership is really this idea of, of self-care. And and mm -hmm. self-care has become a very wallpaper saying, like it's it's said so often that it's just a part of the, the environment now. But really thinking about self-care from a perspective outside of just that getting a massage or getting your nails done. It's more of thinking about it from all facets of your life and thinking about what you need personally. You know, some there's professional self-care. So it's going to conferences and sort of getting really fired up about work again. There's there's social self-care. So am I going to see my friends? Am I working on that? There's fitness. Am I working out? Am I there's sleep? Am I getting enough sleep? You know, there's a there's a especially in America, there is a desire to work or, or there's a there's a we put a an outsized amount of pride in working too much and in working too hard. And and so, you know, we we're, we're almost we will say proudly I only got four hours of sleep last night or, you know, I I, I would sometimes find pride in saying, like, well, yeah, I sent that email at 10, 10 p.m. I don't want you to respond yet, but I just want you to know that I'm working really hard. And, and that actually leads to us doing a worse job. We've really got to make sure that we balance our lives and lead a balanced life. And so reflecting on that and thinking, OK, am I getting the right amount of sleep? Am I eating well? All of those little things will lead to us being stronger leaders and also will cut down on those things that are leading us to being lonely. Because when we think about loneliness, yes, it, it is. You are the only person working in the, that particular role, but there's a lot of things that go into that. And, and we've got to address those root causes of those things before we can just stop being lonely. Yeah. I, well, I feel exposed. I think, we all do. I yeah, <laughs> I know. I think you're right. I, I had a team member, one of my employees, and I really admire them for, for doing this. They, they came to me and they said one day, this was a few months ago, you tell us all the time that you really want us to have balance. What about you? Mm. And I was like, well, gosh darn, that's a really good point. I'm going to go home for the rest of the day and just chill. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but it was such a, it was such a good 
and challenging. Well, it was a good example of like what, you know, encouraging your team to really give you that feedback looks like. But even separate than that, it was such a good example of, you know, I do ask my team to seek balance in their life. And if they don't see me as their leader doing the same thing, I think, you know, that really doesn't really set them up for success because they might think that my expectations are, he's just saying that he wants me to have balance, but he doesn't live that way. So and if he wants me to be more like him, he's going to, you know, he's going to really admire if I work 60 hours this week. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's really important as leaders, you know, it's, it's, it's so easy for us to say, but whenever that email is sitting in your inbox and the, that client has been waiting for you or, you know, it seems like that life or death situation is like hanging off the edge of the cliff and it's Friday at 526 p.m., <laughs> And you're like, I know I need to go home right now because not only do I just need to go home because I need to have my priorities in order, but also my brain is not functioning right Mm -hmm. now. I have felt so many times and honestly chosen wrong so many times. I felt this temptation to just stick it out. Sure. And I even catch myself like this week alone, like I told my wife before I left one morning, hey, it's going to be a late night. Mm -hmm. And why, you know, why do I position it that way just from the outset? Mm. Instead, like I really think that It's those days where I say, hey, I'm going to be home on time for dinner that I'm actually the most productive because I'm working towards something that matters. That's an interesting reflection. And and I and I think that's something to think about is that yeah that that all aspects of our life inform this aspect of our life. Mm -hmm. And so if we are if we are struggling or we are feeling that pressure of of being the leader, then we really need to be thinking about all pieces of, of what make us us. Mm-hmm. And if we only have that one piece as I'm the leader of this organization, then then we then we need to reflect on that and think about, okay, how can I build these other pieces? It's like only doing, you know, it's only working on your biceps when you go and work out. Well, you're going to have really good biceps, but every other part of you is going to be weak and you're going to get injured when you try to do anything because you are not, you're imbalanced there. And that that's something that, that leaders have to remember because there is a there is a pressure to be always working and there's a pressure to know everything and to to be the the end all be all at all times. And really, you know, I think that if we get leaders to do one thing, it's to lead a balanced life and recognize that they need to be thoughtful of it. Love that. I what a what a good reminder and so I guess just to summarize for everybody out there, where we've landed here is to really seek out that self-care. Take care of yourself. Think about the whole picture and how you're really pursuing that self-care component. Surround yourself with people who can remind you to do that yeah. and can give you outside perspective that probably are closer to the truth a lot of the times than what's going through your head. And then the last thing is just give yourself that grace. You're going to fail at those two things we just talked about. You're going to fail a lot. (laughs) Leadership is kind of almost like this exercise in how to manage failure in a lot of instances. And that can feel lonely, but it doesn't have to. Charlie, this has been such a really great conversation. Thanks for taking some time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. And everybody out there, thanks again for tuning in to the Branding Blueprint podcast today. I hope you really took something away. I know that if you're out there and you're leading, I hope that this finds you in a place where this is helpful for you. I know today might be challenging, but just take some simple actions to make sure your priorities are in order and just take a couple of small steps to lean into what Charlie and I talked about. We hope that you'll continue to follow along by subscribing to this podcast and we're looking forward to the next one. Talk to you soon. Thank you.